Thank you for tuning in to the Blue by 90 podcast. Today we talk about Harbaugh's rule proposal uh, involving college athletes. We look at Milton uh, working with Devin Gardner in the offseason and how that may help him win the starting job at Michigan. And then we go into the conference-only uh, possibility with the football schedule. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Enjoy the show. This is the University of Michigan. Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. I'm Kalen, joined by Jack, Nate, and Roe. Uh, guys, how are we doing? Doing well. Pretty good out here. Awesome, awesome. Uh, slow week in terms of sports, obviously, because there's no sports on. But in terms of sports news, lots of news to report on, as always, right? Um, so let's kick it off, getting right into it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh wrote an open letter to uh, the NCAA slash NFL community. A um, lot to dissect in that letter. Uh, does any of you guys have kind of a good general overview to kind of walk us all through it? Yeah, so basically what I got from it was that pretty much what he was saying, and I kind of listened a little bit to what uh, – his interview with uh, John Jansen and in the trenches. And he pretty much talked about how the average NFL uh, career is three to four years. And he said there, if there's any way for these kids to be able to lengthen their career by possibly being able to go into the draft or be drafted uh, sooner than, you know, three or four years out of high school. So basically he came to this proposal to be able to help, you know, some of these kids are ready to go their first year out of high school. You know, some guys like Trevor Lawrence, right? So they it sounds like they would only have to play one year of college or they could be able to leave their school whenever they like um, to be able to go into the NFL draft. And essentially, if they don't get drafted within the first 224 picks or um, sign a free agent contract, they would be able to come back to school with no penalty. So basically, if you're if you're an athlete or, or a recruit, I think looking at, looking at this and looking at a coach that um, I'll, I'll save that for later, but basically essentially that's what it is, is any player will be able to leave school whenever, if they're draft ready to be able to go into the draft and hopefully be picked up to be able to lengthen their NFL career where they can make money as soon as possible. That's what I got from it. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me too. Um, now, Harbaugh said that this was basically he's trying to put this decision into the hands of like the family and the player. Is that correct? Right. Yep. Okay. So what do we think? I mean, do we think that this is like this is a good idea? I mean, Ro, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I agree with him to an extent here. Um, I think that when it comes down to it, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of talk about the same type of thing with college basketball, too, um, you know, with guys going straight to the G League or overseas. And actually, that'll probably be, you know, there will be no one and duns coming uh, coming up in the next few years. But um, it's similar to that where 
I don't think it'll ruin college basketball because there's only 10 to 15 guys maybe that are good enough each year, probably not even 15, more on the 10 range, that are good enough each year to uh, make that jump from high school to the NBA or G League or something like that. And I would be willing to bet it's even less in the college football world. There are not too many 18 or 19-year-old kids who are ready in physical shape, mental shape, all of that to play right away in the NFL. Um, so it really takes, you know, it takes the NCAA and the NFL out of it as far as making that decision. But it, like you said, it puts it into the families. But I don't think it's going to impact that many kids. There may be, you know, five, I think, tops kids that are ready at 19 years old to play for an NFL team and be drafted. So, um, you know, just because of the way football is so physical, you know, these guys need a, um, a college weight room experience to be ready for that next level. And I think people don't understand how um, physical, how big these dudes are in the NFL, even at the college level. I, I know, you know, we've seen it with a lot of the guys at Michigan. How much weight do they put on in, you know, two years or three years at Michigan, these guys are coming in. They look, you know, you look back on guys like Devin Bush, Khalid Hudson, and you know, all these other guys, when you look at their freshman pictures, they look like they're like squirrely little kids compared to when they leave grown men. Um, and so I think those, those two, three years in college um, do help a lot of, a lot of athletes. And, and so I don't think this would affect as many people as people would probably think. Okay. Nate, what do you think about it? Um, well, I think, first of all, Jim Harbaugh did a great job of relating to uh, like families and, and players and stuff. So he opens it off saying, many young men and their families perceive college football as preventing them from earning a living as a professional football player. Uh, this is not an unreasonable perception given the rules currently in place. So I like how he talks about like the player's perception, right? And I think it's really dangerous for the sport. Um, or just for college football in general, if the people who are playing the game feel like, you know, they're not getting treated correctly. I think if you, the perception from players maybe in the 90s was maybe somewhat similar, but maybe not as significant. And I think for him to address this um, shows that he's trying to understand what families and players and stuff are going through. And um, there's a lot to it, but I think, that's one of the one of the key takeaways I took away. So, Nate, yeah. that you think this proposal will make it will make college football worse? Do you think it'll make it better because the players are currently feeling that way? Well, I think if you like actually make some changes to the system, the players won't feel like, you know, they're getting screwed over year by year. Right. If they go like, OK, I have actual opportunities to go to the NFL and then not be screwed over if I get dra like if I don't get drafted. Um, one of the things he talked about was uh, uh, hold up. He said a clean, clear, and concise college eligibility of uh, five years for football without a red shirt clause needs uh, needed to be needed to compete for five years. I don't. Know, he's saying that like even players who are five years. I think about like guys like Karan Higdon who didn't get drafted. Maybe he could have came back and played a fifth year and then maybe had uh, 
got drafted later. So I think he's he's trying to make it so that kids get the most out of it. And so I think, look, it's just like anything and anything, right? If people feel like they have more opportunities and there's less like just rules placed on this for no reason, um, then they'll feel like they're actually getting something out of that. Um, one thing that's like really kind of scary to me, and I mentioned it in one of our uh, like uh, zero to ninety takes, is the is the G League, right? That shows this. This is exactly what Jim is saying. The perception of players is that going to college is screwing them over, right? And so, do we want there to be some like, you know, XFL, and it just becomes like a minor league, and then essentially it's like European football? European soccer, right? Where you just go like, okay, the kid's 14 and we're going to sign him like on our team. And then honestly, I, I just commend Jim Harbaugh for actually like understanding these players, like issues and concerns and actually like having the balls to like write somebody a letter. I mean, it's about time, like good for him. That's all I got to say. And I also, I was just going to say to that point, I think it's a great PR move, you know, for recruiting purposes for Michigan and Harbaugh. You know, once again, I think he has pretty much always been kind of a a player's rights advocate. Um, And so once again, it seems like he's trying to be on that side. And so even if, you know, even if it is a publicity stunt, you know, I still think, um, which I don't think it is, but it probably a little bit, there's something to that. Um, It definitely helps with, um, you know, the recruiting side, I think. I don't think there's any downside of it um, on the recruiting trail. Yeah, what I was going to say, too, is, like, I'm glad you said you brought up the five-year uh, eligibility. So, basically, what he's saying is, if you're ready to go after a year or two or NFL teams are ready for you after your first year, you can go. If you're a guy that maybe you had four years, like Karan Higdon, and you could benefit from a fifth year, then you can stay and you can grow even more. Great. Two positive ways for – um, college athletes to be able to improve or take advantage of the opportunity given to them. And then also, like you said, Ro, with recruiting, dude, I mean, who wouldn't want a coach that is looking out for your best interest? And clearly with this letter, Harbaugh is looking out for the best interest of players. And I, I think that's awesome, man. That, that, that is a big thing. Um, I mean, as a player that would want to trust in his coach, that's huge. Right. And giving you some of the academic benefits is definitely right up some of the Michigan uh, sales pitch, right? With the 40 year plan that a lot of them have been pitching for so long. Uh, But I also want to share maybe a little bit of devil's advocate. And this is kind of getting into some conspiracy territory almost, (laughs) right? So I was reading this article and they were arguing that a lot of this was really to the benefit of Michigan, Because by enabling players to leave early, you're basically taking the teams that were unable to beat, the elite teams, the Alabamas, Ohio States, Clemsons, Oklahomas, Georgias, right? And you're letting the Tuas and the Trevor Lawrences and the Justin Fields leave early, thus leaving a less talented group on the field so that we can beat them. What do you think about that? Perfect. (laughs) Do you think some of that... Do you think some of that came into Harbaugh's thinking of why he's like, get rid of the really good players so that I can actually win? But I mean, that could also, you know, it could potentially hurt us. Like, let's say we got Peppers next year instead of five years ago. That means he would be gone after probably one or two years and then we lose that guy. So I can see that 
that perspective for sure. But I don't know. I think it's, I love it. I love it all around. <laughs> that, that, because that just made me so happy. And that just means we have a better chance of beating Ohio State. <laughs> it's I a think, little bit, yeah, conspiracy theory out there. But yeah, Ro, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I do think that it's, you know, there's something to be said for it does benefit Michigan specifically because of that, because like we're right on the cusp. And, but I still think, you know, if we're talking, you know, recruiting, we haven't been that far off in recruiting. I don't think we've gotten those five stars, you know, we've had those guys, but they just, we've had the talent on the field. Look at all the NFL draft picks we've had. It just hasn't for some reason converted to wins on the field. So um, as much as that would make sense, I still don't think, you know, I think we'd probably have a similar, maybe not on Alabama um, and Clemson's and maybe not even Ohio state's level of, of players leaving early, but we'd be still in that top 10 of, of group of, you know, most players leaving early for the draft, I think. One thing I want to say, too, on the negative side is um, this will probably create more busts in the NFL. Think about how many busted draft picks there are out there that were studs in college, put up all the numbers, you know, and then they get drafted in the top five and then they still can't make it out there. You know how I think you're going to create guys that think they have it or that's just all potential really at 19, 20 years old. And they haven't, you know, you haven't been able to see them on the field. And now it's just going to create more bust down the, down the line. I think what that does do row is that for the kids who like are the first ones to, if this, was implemented if they're the first ones to get you know drafted what you're saying we'd have to have some time five years maybe like 10 years and then kids start going oh crap yeah i don't want to even declare for the draft you know like i don't want i don't want to be you know this person like you know and then end up as a boss so it might work out better where kids end up going like well now i know i should stay because statistically like only maybe like two percent of the guys who who are like get drafted out of their first year. I don't know. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah. Another thing that Jim Harbaugh said on In the Trenches podcast, he was like about to sign off, and he's like, "Wait, John, one more thing. I just want to say that this is not a one and done rule." So he wanted to make that very clear. Um, so how does that work then? How would it not be? Yeah, <laughs> How that's would it not what I, be, I guess. I, I think he was just trying to make it like, I think he's just trying to say like, this isn't some gimmick. I'm trying yeah. to really like help people and like, you know, help their families. But I'm also kind of like, Jim, come on, let's be honest here. This is a one and done rule. <laughs> I, I do. I do believe. So I would. Okay, I can see it also him being like, it's not a one and done rule because it does possibly grant that fifth year as like a regular thing you have five years of eligibility or whatever it is regardless of red shirt or whatever but but it's a one and done rule like that's <laughs> that's what it is i mean that's who will benefit most from it i believe exactly i think i think who will benefit most from it too is more than guys leaving early it'll benefit more to what nate said of guys coming back from the draft there's there are way more guys that don't get drafted um and could come back than there would be that are re- nfl ready 
earlier than three years out of high school. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, are we all ready to move on to our next topic or is, does anybody have anything more to tag on to that? Okay. Um, I just want to let you guys know um, I had my headphones plugged into my phone and they weren't actually plugged in. And when you saw me fiddling around with my phone about five minutes ago, I realized that the audio was coming out of my phone and not of my not out of my headphones. <laughs> so I was just sitting here like an idiot with my I thinking that my headphones were plugged in and they never were. They never were plugged in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but now we can move on. Now we can move on. It took them thirteen okay. minutes to I'm like it. I'm like, why it doesn't sound like it's coming out of here. <laughs> That's what happens when you start with two strong mimosas in the morning and yeah. <laughs> keep it going through the day. That's why you don't drink seven hours straight and then try to do a podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that's a perfect segue into our next <laughs> subject here. Uh, our, all of our favorite topic here, obviously, Milton versus McCaffrey. Uh, Joe Milton, right, is working with Devin Gardner. Has been working with Devin Gardner uh, during this COVID time. Um, what is, now? What is he doing exactly? He's been practicing with Devin, and they've both been working with this uh, QB camp for children, right? Is that so, correct? So uh, I believe that's what Gardner does. Yeah, he has a QB camp that's majority youth level. Youth, yeah. Um, but he's also, from what it sounds like, he's also been working with uh, Joe Milton and Ronnie Bell. Oh, so perfect. you've got Devin Gardner. I'll save this for a little bit later, but he's a great quarterback working with J- Joe Milton, possible Heisman contender, and <laughs> Ronnie Bell, who's our leading receiver. I mean, just add it together, guys. Add it together. <laughs> Joe Milton's going to be our starting quarterback. I, I love it, man. I love it. I am all about it. Roe had Gardner in his top five Michigan quarterbacks of, you know, since let's say 2000, which none of us did. And looking back at the numbers, man, Gardner was that dude. Gardner was that with dude. a terrible O line, with a terrible O line, terrible coach. Like, um, like okay, I'll I'll go back through some numbers here. So, passing yards, career ranking of quarterbacks. Devin Gardner is number four all time. Really, number four all time. That He's is behind, surprising. Behind Chad Henney, John Navarre, and Elvis Gerbach. And wow. remember, his last year or two, right, he was splitting time, it seemed like, with Denard Robinson. So that took away from that. So he was still fourth all-time, career passing yards. Um, passing yards in a single season, he was number. he's fourth again all-time. He missed the number one spot by 400 yards. Single game passing yards. He has the one and two spot. 503 yards in 2013 against Indiana and the legendary 451 yards against Ohio state in 2013 when he played on a what Nate, a broken broken foot. foot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's working with one of the greatest Michigan quarterbacks of all time and given a different, let's say given, given a different uh, environment could be even more legendary than, well, could be even reasoned as legendary. Because he's really not right now. So I don't know, man. Joe Milton working with that guy. I'm, I'm about it. Joe Milton's about to be a starting quarterback and uh, win that Heisman. And maybe, maybe a Big Ten title for us. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Oh, Nate, I know you're hyped up. You might as well keep the uh, hype train going here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. You guys know my my take on Joe Milton. I mean, he's got an arm. It's just a cannon. I think he's got he's, – he can move in the pocket. Um, dude, one thing I did know is I was watching some of his high school t- tape. He's got that, like, Jerry Judy, like, kind of juke. He's got that little, like, head sway before he's about to do it. So I'm, I just kept getting more hy- hyped. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Maybe throw him out there at receiver a little bit too. No, no, <laughs> McCaffrey's not getting in. Oh man, I will say. I mean, I think Gardner is a great guy to to coach him up because they're very similar body types. Um, I think Milton's got a little bit more meat on him than uh, than Gardner did at, when he was in college. But um, you know, Gardner had a very strong arm too. Probably not as strong as Milton, but he did. And he could, you know, very mobile as well. So um, similar, they're both tall, um, tall, kind of lanky a little bit um, quarterback. So I think that's going to help him too. Um, But, but if you don't think that Dylan McCaffrey is at home with Christian and his dad, Ed, probably with some other NFL guys doing work, then you're crazy, man. That's a whole NFL household. They probably have a football field in a barn somewhere in in Carolina or wherever they live. I don't know. Um, But, um, yeah. So if Joe Milton's working with uh, Devin Gardner, I'll one-up you and say that Dylan McCaffrey is working with his brother, Christian, who is an NFL MVP. Like. That's a great take, honestly. I mean, yeah, that is, that's a good let's, take. Uh, let's be honest here. I mean, it's tough, you know, getting in work in these times, right? But McCaffrey is definitely, you know, he's been proven hard worker, right? The team loves him. He's got to be at home, putting in work, uh, you know, going through the playbook, doing whatever he's got to do to win that starting spot. Uh, so, I mean, I honestly... The the QB battle has not gotten any more clear to me. <laughs> no. Whoa, whoa, it, any it more won't. Clear. It what won't. Mean any more clear. In what way? What do you mean? You said it's more clear. How? I said, said it has not, not gotten any more clear. Oh, has not gotten more. I thought you said it has gotten more clear. Oh no. <laughs> I thought you were saying McCaffrey's definitely taken it. I was gonna. I was ready. I was ready with some facts to throw at you. <laughs> I just I hope think, we get a season this year so we don't have to keep doing this for another year. <laughs> if we have to just, like, talk about the possibility of who's going to start for 18 more months, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> okay, and I'll tell I have you to what, listen to you guys. I'll tell you <laughs> what, true, true. I've been running deep AI simulations in NCAA 14, <laughs> and I will tell you, I'll play McCaffrey and I'll score, like, two touchdowns i'll put in joe and it's just 70 yard bombs all day that's right baby four verts four verts. Oh, and, and you know who it is it's ronnie bell every time and you got Not you got Nico. haskins running the underneath route just in Uh-oh. case of course yeah. i actually just throw them out wide and just say go so. <laughs> five verts i love it i mean it's hard to argue with that yeah, I mean, that's obviously foolproof thinking right there. Facts. <laughs> Nothing but facts coming at you. I'm blue by 90. Uh, yeah, no, but um, in all seriousness, those reps that uh, that Joe's getting with Ronnie, right? Building that, you know, 
that connection with your receivers, that's huge, right? And building that level of trust. Um, and that's definitely something that Joe is can use this time to improve on because previously people were saying, like, dude, Joe's throwing way too hard, right? So mm-hmm. if he can get that touch and the receivers can learn that touch, that really improves his chances. And that's and that's something, too. Dude, Joe is throwing to a receiver that he's going to be throwing to during the season, yeah. right? Where McCaffrey, he might be throwing to – Christian, who's an all an all pro running back or whatever, you know, whatever his accolades are, he's obviously highly talented, but that may not translate to the guys he's thrown to at Michigan. I mean, you've heard the story of Tom Brady, you know, they bring in a receiver for Brady, but he doesn't like the way the guy runs the route and he, he won't throw to him. And he'll he told Belichick, he's like, I will I do I will not throw this guy if you put him in the game. You know? So with Milton building that relationship with a receiver, he's going to throw to him. Nate, don't, don't laugh at me, man. But <laughs> with Milton building this relationship with Ronnie Bell, I mean, a guy he's going to throw to who was the leading receiver last year. I mean, that just, I don't know. It gives him an edge. Now, now we've got, we've got um, Cam Newton, Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady comparisons. <laughs> all for Joe <laughs> <laughs> Our third string QB last year is good. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. To be fair, Brady may or may not have a better arm and be more mobile than Joe. Biden. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, nobody's going to listen to us at all. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, anybody have anything more to rehash on the McCaffrey Milton debate here or. Uh... Or we get it all out for today. Milton 2020. <laughs> I I will say I this is like going against our our Milton McCaffrey war that we have here, but I do truly think that they will both get significant time uh, in 2020. I think that just the way you know um, McCaffrey coming on in 2019 for a couple plays when he split out wide um, when Shea was in. I think they'll try and do a little bit more of that. Um, I think. McCaffrey's not a I, Milton would be a better receiver type than McCaffrey would, you know, so in that situation. So um, I think they'll try to find a use um, for Milton, even if he isn't the starter. Sorry, don't yell at me if I say that those with that <laughs> sentence, but um, I can see him coming in and, you know, running some of those QB loads um, like Ohio State did with Tate Martell. And, um, you know, I've seen it with a lot of teams before, but I can see them both getting, um, some significant time no matter what what do you guys think about maybe just some crazy idea like playing both qbs like uh not necessarily like a11 offense but you know using dylan as just a straight up wide receiver i mean i think if if that suits the team best for a victory go for it and whether that's milton or mccaffrey to, in all seriousness the job is to win the game. Whatever gets us to that point, I'm for. That's fair. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Gaddis is going to be 10 times more creative than he was in year one. I think he probably had to hold back a lot in year one. You know, Harbaugh, as much as he let the, says he let the reins go, he was probably breathing down his neck at all times. And, and you know, keeping his word and his idea ideology into that offense. Um, And now that Gaddis kind of proved towards the end of the season that he was, you know, 
guys improved, the offense improved. We were almost firing on all cylinders near the end of the year there on the offensive side of the ball that he's going to have more freedom and, and more creativity. Um, I felt like honestly half, probably three quarters of the season, even more sometimes that we had half the playbook playbook closed um, on the offensive side. So I think that they'll be opening up a lot more now that um, Gaddis is, is trusted a little bit more. Um, hopefully he's trusted by Harbaugh a little bit more um, with some of the play calling. Yeah, and hopefully we uh, we can start the season off on a much uh, brighter note than last season, where we're dropping the ball every you know every other drive or whatever. Uh, those kinds of things prevent you from opening the playbook because you tend to be focusing on other things and you don't want to progress, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully we can be creative, but we can also execute, um, and that will really drive our success on the field. Uh, but if we're all done with McCaffrey Milton, whatever. That will be that will be discussed ad nauseum for the rest of the world. We we've, we've got how many more how many more weeks until the season? That's how many more times we're gonna talk McCaffrey Milton every our episode. Poor, our poor listeners, man. Oh, I feel God. bad for them. I have like more to say, but I'm I'm just not gonna say it. I don't wanna... Save them. Okay. Well we'll move into our next topic, uh, which is kind of a brighter note. Um the season coming back, right? We've heard a couple of rumors about when the season is going to resume, how it's going to resume, what are all the restrictions going to be. Ro, can you uh, enlighten us, please? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that nobody knows anything for sure. You know, just like the real coronavirus response, and it seems like nobody truly knows what's going on. Um, and it changes every day. So take everything you hear with a grain of salt. You know, I've seen so many takes from different broadcasters and analysts and things saying, you know, this, this, and this is going to happen. And they may hear something, but it, it changes literally every day. Um, but the latest that I have heard, um, is that they are trying to plan out a season that is only conference games. Um, so no non-conference, which makes a ton of sense because, you know, with Michigan going across the whole country to Washington for game one, obviously is not, you know, the safest thing to do at this time. And, and who knows with, you know, a possible second wave coming, which I think is most people's concern um, coming in the fall um, is that, that, you know, keeping things regional within the conference is going to be um, huge uh, are going to be, you know, more, I guess, realistic than got, uh, teams traveling all over the country. So that's been the latest talk right now, which would help, you know, it would probably push the season back another month. You know, I don't know what they would do with dates, but they could push it back a month if that was, um, the case. So it gives, you know, the virus another month, to every, everyone to, you know, get a handle on that. And, um, and it it just be interesting, you know, then to see how it how all that plays out. Um, you can still do, you know, a conference championship and um, and all those things with that schedule too. So yeah. what what I, what I was going to say about that is I love the fact that it's going to that there's there's a bright side in having a season, right? Um, I guess I'll save the rest of what I was going to say for uh, for a little bit later. I'm assuming we'll get to it. But, um, I mean, it gives us something to look forward to as fans, right? Like, 
right now we're all in limbo where it's like, shit, are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? And it's Michigan fans. Are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? Or who's our quarterback, Milton or McCaffrey? What is this? What is that? Um, but that's, that's a good bright spot to be able to look forward to if that, if that is able to come true. Yeah. And um, so when we talked about this earlier um, this week, you know, Nate had said um, that they should add two, two more conference games then too. And I think that they are looking at adding a couple more conference games. So who, who would you guys want to see, you know, say they're coming from the West side, then the West division, um, who else would you want to see on our schedule possibly that maybe we haven't played or, um, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think this would be, so I'm just going to say this, this would be a good time to just eliminate Rutgers from the Big Ten. Like, <laughs> I don't want our players, I don't want Michigan players traveling to New York. It's not the best spot. Rutgers, <laughs> like, I don't like them in the Big Ten to begin with. So we could add, like, Pitt. We could take Pitt. Um, but, but that's that's beside the point. I'd like to see us... Uh, well, actually, I, uh, Nate doesn't like New York a lot. Hold on, I got, I got. I'm saying, I got. I just hate to, Rutgers being the Big Ten. It sucks. Like, why I got. I have a solution. My solution is because guess who? If we're only playing conference games, guess who's not in a conference? Notre Dame. Hmm? This is their time. We delete Rutgers, delete, 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 and add <laughs> add Notre Dame because they're cowards and they and they won't join a conference. If we only sure. play conference games, they're going to have to. This is maybe that. This may be it. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a great I'm idea. I'm I still it. don't know how this is going to work though with conference play because, like, yeah, the Big Ten is like this still has like Rutgers, and then the ACC has like Boston all the way to yeah. Miami. So, like, I think it's. I don't know if it's it's necessarily better, but uh, right. I don't know. Yeah. I I would say it's. I, I agree with you, but I mean, it's better than going to Washington. So, yeah. um, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but you know what, on the optimistic side, I'm going to hang my hat on that, on that update for now, hoping that it, we have something for a season. One of the yeah. things I, w- I was watching too was, uh, it was about, um, this small team in Italy, the small professional team, and they somehow went to the Premier League. Um, this is right before the or like the, the Championship League, whatever it is. Um, and they were there was this huge event because they're such a small team, and they were beating this uh, like well-known uh, Premier League team, and they scored like four goals. And every time they're screaming, and they were saying like how bad that was because there's huge. Like so many people that were a part of that event got coronavirus because when you think about it, everybody's yelling. There's all these like droplets going in the air, right? So I don't think I'm just being realistic. Like having fans in there is it's I I'm not sure that's gonna happen, man. Oh yeah, that's just uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I also read that they would rather not having fans is equally as bad as just not having the season. I mean, the the ticket revenue at Michigan is a huge portion. Uh, football season ticket revenue is a huge portion of their, you know, full revenue for this for the year. So um, it's it's over 50 percent 
I'll say that, which is a wild thing. And um, it, it just, it, it would be really tough. The only thing that I, I can think would make up for it is, you know, TV ratings maybe go way up then because, um, you know, people are starved for something and, you know, you don't have a million people in Ann Arbor on game day tailgating and going to the games and stuff like that. So um, that's the only more thing. Papa John's commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, so one thing that they looked at too was if um, – if you were to to place, you know, one person every six feet inside Michigan Stadium, so six feet forward, six feet back, six feet side to side, what do you guys think? How many people do you think they can fit in there out of the hundred and whatever ten thousand seats? How many people people do you think that leaves? Five thousand. I'm gonna say yeah, five to ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go even lower and say like three. Yeah, it, it was six. So we're packed in there like fucking sardines, man. Yes, we are. There's <laughs> there's not even one foot to each seat at this point, let alone six feet. So at that point, I don't I mean, when there's only six thousand fans, it's like not even worth it for them to deal with that. Um oh, yeah. you know, no I think they would maybe, you know, maybe just have families or something like that, um and, and player guests, and that would be it. But um, yeah, I agree with you, Nate. I don't, I can't see a, a, a scenario where we have 110,000 people in Michigan stadium next year. Could you imagine the wave with like 6,000 people <laughs> in Michigan stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Just looks so lame. It'd be, be a sad, sad Pe- People aren't standing up anyway, man. I don't know what that wave would look like. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the student section to begin with. So That's fine with me. Only students. Put only students in the game. There you go. No, I'm saying like this current student section, just like how many of them are actually there, like at the start of the game. Just like, yeah. not enough to begin with. You know, it's funny. I actually heard that uh, Wisconsin has a huge problem where their student body doesn't even show up to the game until halftime. It's amazing. Well, for any noon games, that's an 11 a.m. start for them, central time. Right. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. Anybody in the in the central time zone. Um, I think when we played them this past year, it was 11 a.m. their time because it was a noon start for us or something. Um right. But I mean, honestly, also I don't like know how much that. Uh, I don't. I don't know how much that affects it because Kaylin and I, like, obviously, looking at Liza, like our friend who's a who's a recent student at University of Michigan, and uh, we'd see Snapchats of her waking up at six a.m. to go fucking tailgate. Like everybody, yes. all the students wake up like that early to go tailgate before the game. I don't know. Those kids students, are crazy, man. Students will find <laughs> a way to, to get up. Yeah. To drink. Yeah. For sure. No, yeah, but I mean, what do you do? You think that the conference-only schedule is the way to go, or do you think? I mean, what's our thoughts on that? I guess just I would I would like to see it moving forward, just because of how much I hate how the SEC does week eleven. You know, right before their last game, they always play some shitty team and give themselves (laughs) yeah, basically another bye week, right? So for me. I would love to see only conference games just to shit on the SEC. I would love it. Make them play an actual team before they play their big rivalry game. Like Auburn, Alabama, instead of playing the Citadel and Southern, (laughs) 
Columbus University. Like they're <laughs> they're playing a real team, and you know they they have a real challenge to prepare for instead of having two weeks to prepare for, to prepare for their biggest rival. That's true because uh, right? we don't get that in the Big Ten, right? So um, I'd love to see it. I don't know how much it would actually affect the playoff picture, but it could. Right. So I'm um, I'm all for it. I I hate that week eleven in the SEC. I hate it so much. I actually think the Big Ten should just copy it. Do the same thing. Now, if we did that, I would be okay with it. But we're not. So <laughs> this is why I'm reasoning that way. I, I think it's actually it, I commend the SEC for that, honestly, because it gives their teams, you know, when you're in week eleven, week ten of the season, like that is you're hurting, you know. I think everybody's banged up. There, you know, you got injuries at nearly every position. It seems, um, every even if you're not banged up, you're sore. You need a week off. So I think it's a it's a great thing for the SEC to do because um, they they it helps their teams, you know, prepare for the playoffs or whatever's going on there too. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Something I at least haven't really thought of. What kind of impact will this have on postseason play and, like, bowl games? Um, I mean, if you only play conference teams, is that – I guess that's a fair assessment of, your like, the strength of your team. But just what what are you going to do if you – they weren't allowing you to travel? And then are they just going to say, like, okay, go travel now? I think for the purpose they're trying to serve um, with, you know, limiting, um, you know, travel and whatnot and like teams traveling all the way across the country. I think what it what could be a thing, and I don't even know if they thought this far yet, but if they're only doing conference tournaments, maybe we only see a playoff. We don't see bowl games. Maybe it's just a playoff because if you're playing a season, you're going to have the playoff. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. Um, But I think maybe they just get rid of bowl games. Maybe they do playoff in New Year's Six, and that's it. But I, I don't see them playing the tax layer bowl. Like, I, I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll fall back and have the, uh, you know, USA Today champions uh, based on reporter vote or something, right? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about that is, though, that, you know, the big reason that every department and the NCAA is fighting to have a season at all costs is because, Football pretty much runs every athletic department. It, it is the it is the money backing for everything. So whether it's the non-revenue sports or the um, the staff, the faculty, it pays for everything. So um, that's the reason why they're doing it. And bowl games are a big chunk of that money, actually. So I would actually argue that they would want to do the bowl games. And I know it's more travel and stuff, but if the money is enough, like sad to say, they'll put people at risk um, to make enough money if they if it means to keep a, a department afloat. That's a great point. Yeah. So they're going to do anything in their power to try to get the football season going so that they can at least fund some of these other sports. Right. Um, and the stat. I mean, they wouldn't be able to pay for anything without without football 90 percent of athletic departments are that way yep yep i i read something that um there's only a few schools that really even generate like profit from uh their football team most schools like lose money and michigan's one of the few schools that does profit do you guys Mm -hmm. know this 
Yeah, I think it's actually yeah. it's actually the athletic department as a whole. It most most of them uh, are run at a at a deficit, um, but the I think the football is the majority of that, um, and then most get bailed out by the academic side with tuition and everything like that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, that's all I kind of have for that topic. Does anybody else have any more to share on that? No. Nope. Okay. Um, well, if nobody else, does anybody else have a topic that they want to bring up? I actually do that we, Ooh. we hadn't talked about, but going to basketball. Ooh. Okay. Um, so Cole Bajima, um, is in the transfer portal. Um, something I think we didn't see. Um, but you know, honestly, what that means to me, which is, if he didn't think he could beat out Adrian Nunez for a starting spot or, or a role spot in next year's team, then he wasn't that good and probably not good enough to play in the Big Ten, sad to say. Because I'm not a, a fan of Adrian Nunez. I'll say that right now. He, Nunez. He, he did not do well or anything for us last year. So I'm, I'm just saying if he didn't think he could beat Nunez out, which that is kind of the probably seventh spot right now, in the rotation, if he didn't think he was going to even get to that, then he probably wasn't good enough for the Big Ten. Um, and I think most of it, from what I heard, was he was a liability on defense and just didn't know angles and couldn't, you know, couldn't stay with guys. But the scheme, more of the scheme stuff, he couldn't grasp it at the college level. So um, unfortunate to see him go because he was an unbelievable shooter and I, I, he had a ton yeah. of potential on the offensive side. Um, but it does leave Michigan in, you know, at, before, before that day of, in, or 48 hours of Josh Christopher and Isaiah Todd, we didn't know how we were going to, you know, dwindle down our roster to fit the scholarships. Now we're like ready to take anybody to fill our <laughs> roster. So it's yeah. like everything's flipped completely. Um, so I don't know if you guys had anything on that. And, um, I mean, there, there's a, there's not many people out there that we, are looking at, I think there was one grad transfer. I can't remember who it was that had us in as, as uh, top five now. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're, our depth is not, not going to be ideal. I don't think next year. Hmm. Um, the other thing, sorry, I'm just going to keep <laughs> rambling. <laughs> is um, Xavier Simpson is grad transferring. So uh, is he grad transferring or is he not? Because that bl- post was very, very like contradictory. He, he said he up, was ready to go pro, and then in the like writing, he said he wasn't. And I'm like, what? So what's happening? <laughs> it was like I, it was like a code that we had to break, or I don't. Right. It was the weirdest <laughs> Instagram post I've ever seen. Um, but I believe the second the caption was a typo. So I think he is grad transferring, um, which. That makes more sense. I feel to like me. that would make more sense for him as he, as a player. Yeah, he. I don't think he's NBA ready. He's not on any type of draft board. Um, you know, he. I don't even know if he's ever going to make it in the G League or NBA just because he doesn't have a shot. Um, it's improving. It is. That's, it, what, that's a good reason improved. for a fifth year, right? Yeah, and why would he be transferring though? That's what's confusing to me. I don't think he can he's, play a fifth year. Yeah, it would be Michigan, a grad right? transfer. So, yeah, he's no eligibility left at Michigan. 
but he could go play one more year at some other school. It's it's a, a fuck. It's thing. a weird. That dude, that's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I joke. will say, what I will say is. Honestly, I will ride with Xavier anywhere he goes, man. He was an absolute absolute bulldog for us. And, uh, you know, he gets ragged on for his shooting and stuff. But, like, we would have been screwed in so many situations and so many games when the offense wasn't clicking. And he just took it to the rack 15 straight times. Uh, so, I he, he was, a, you know, he's a little bit of a dick, but um, – I, I loved him at Michigan, and you know what? He he got us to a Final Four, won Big Ten championships for us. Um, he's the man, I think, and it it would be weird to see him um, see him in a different jersey. But I'll I'll root for him nonetheless. So I'd I'd be shocked if he did. But what if he goes to Ohio State or Sparty? That would be still tough. rooting for him. Uh, I no. mean. <laughs> no, 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 that's even honestly a different Big Ten school like Spike did. It makes it tough um, when Spike went to Purdue. Like, I know. It, Love it, Spike Albright. Yeah, but I do too. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be weird because he's like, he's not a guy, obviously, that's going to come into another team and just be like, you know, an offensive help. Like he's like an integral part. So coming in for just one year somewhere will be kind of weird for him. It, you know, will they accept him as the leader that he is as a grad transfer? It's going to be interesting to see what he does. I think it definitely be have to be a team that needs a leader on the court majority of the time. Yeah. So I, I doubt it would be a big school, but maybe it could be. Who knows? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Best of luck to Xavier Simpson wherever he chooses to go, as long as it's not Ohio State or Sparty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what do you guys say we jump into our final segment, zero to 90? Love it. Jackson, do ready it. for I'm right. ready. I've got it written down and everything. Oh, what a cheater. All right, Jack. <laughs> Let me pull out my stopwatch here. Let's Make go. sure you're uh, timed. You won't, right. you won't need too long. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. 30 seconds starting now. Give Devin Gardner all of his eligibility back, put him back to when he came to Michigan, and make it right now. He wins the Heisman. We get a Big Ten title. We're going to the playoff. Wow. That's it? That's it. It's <laughs> a bold statement, baby. That's wow. my take. He said, I don't need any more Look time. Look at the numbers. <laughs> Look at the numbers. I'm just saying passing yards, completion percentage, yards in the single game. Look at the numbers. Tell me I that was, won't happen. I was wow. very surprised at those numbers that you rattled off earlier. I would never right? guess that he was in top five in a lot of those things. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Look at the numbers. That's <laughs> dude, that's a good hot take. I like it. Uh, it, is, it is hot. It is flaming hot. But uh <laughs> hot Cheetos, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ro, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Your 30 seconds is starting now. All right, so I think that we've kind of said this before, um, but I think that the playing only the conference games would be great for Michigan because I looked at a tweet the other day, top 10 loudest stadiums by decibel. Number one, Washington at 133.6 decibels. So um, not going there as our first game would be huge. Also number 10 on that list is Michigan. So you can take all the quiet uh, Michigan takes away. 
There you go. 30 seconds. Hey, you guys are doing good today. Oh, Squeezing wanna, it all in. I want to disagree with that <laughs> quiet uh, take. You can't take it away. We have the biggest stadium in college football, and we're still number 10. How? How? It, it should How? be number one, no doubt. But I'm I'm just saying it's not. I take don't think it's as quiet, quiet as you, takes. you guys Take think. away the quiet takes. Dude, Get out of here. That upper deck. That's all we need, and we're golden. Put us in a dome. dome. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> all right, Nate. <laughs> You're zero to 90. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, 30 seconds starting now. So Jim Harbaugh mentioned in his letter, he said, when a player's pro career is complete, he could return to college to finish his degree. He is then not denied his professional opportunity and is more mature and likely more motivated to finish the college education. So I think this is a really smart thing. Um, I think kids, once they're done playing professional ball, do have like more maturity. And I think if people really care about the education, right? This is a better way for these guys to, to get that. Okay. Whoa. There, Ooh, look at he that. Made it. He look made at that. It. I was nervous, man. I was nervous. He was getting close. I saw Kalen. I saw Kalen. I, like, I was down. like, oh, shit. I know. I'm like, sitting here, like, is he going to get it? Is he going to get it? <laughs> that was great. You guys actually, uh, you did good today. Wow. What was it? Third time's a charm. Fourth time's a charm. We all got yeah. it. Everybody got it. Great, oh, great work, everyone. Good job, guys. Um, obviously, I do want to put out there that there's a lot of Michigan football recruiting news. We'll cover that on a separate episode. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, otherwise, guys, great hot takes. Um, good job. Uh, check us out, Blue by 90 on Instagram and Twitter and at Blue by 90 podcast on YouTube. Other than that, go blue.